This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I I missed you all last week. I'll just go ahead and say that. I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday um, and that everyone got to celebrate in a way that they could celebrate um, and, you know, did that safely and all of that. So, But I'm glad to be back live. I missed you all so much last week. So here we go. As we usually do, our shout outs. If you uh, let me know what city you are listening from, guess what? Your city gets a shout out um, for the following show. So you can let us know on the uh, Facebook Live. And we are streaming live now. And I see everyone. Hello. Thank you all so much for tuning in. So shout outs. Shout outs to my number one fan. Good morning, Mom. I hope you are doing well this morning. Shout out to Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia. Virginia Beach, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Hampton, Virginia's new listeners there. Hey, y'all. Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Gadsden, Alabama, Washington, D.C., Woodbridge, Virginia, Center, Alabama, Hobbs, New Mexico, Columbus, Georgia. And we have two new cities listening today. Aiken, South Carolina. How are y'all doing? And uh, Sylvania, Georgia. Hello, hello. Welcome and thank you for listening to the show. You can listen. Oh, and I see here, I'm going to give a shout out to LaGrange. Hey, Mary and LaGrange, how are you doing? All righty. So you can listen live to us. Uh, We are on WWE Real 1100 AM. You can also stream on the internet, uh, www.real1100.com. And of course, you can watch Facebook Live via our Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa page. We are also a part of the Old Fashioned Health Network uh, and happy to be a part of that family. So you can catch us. I think they stream it on their page as well. And we are on three podcast platforms. So I know last time I told y'all I was going to get it together with the podcast thing. And so we are on iTunes. We're on uh, the Google podcast and on the Captivate podcast platforms. And we'll be adding um, to that. So if you don't catch us live, you can listen anytime you want. And I hope that you do. So you can also follow us on Facebook. We're at the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa page, on Instagram at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and on Twitter at Minutes Doctor. So hopefully wherever you all are watching. Hello, College Park, Georgia. Hello, Lusby, Maryland. Is that right? Y'all are awesome. Thank you so, so very much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. So the holidays, here we are, right? So this year, our holidays look a little bit differently. 
And let me set my timer on so that I don't over talk my guest. Um, so our holidays looked a little bit different, didn't they, this year? I know mine did. You know, my little family of, of three humans and two puppies uh, stayed home and connected with our family via Zoom, which was uh, a lot of fun. And it was really, really great to see everybody. But it just wasn't the same, was it? You know, it, it's been about a year since I physically have seen my mom um, and my other family members, and I just miss them. You know, I just really want to hug my family and hug my mom. But, of course, um, you know, they are not a part of my bubble, and I'm not a part of theirs. So right now it's not the safest thing to do. But one thing that no holiday is ever without, whether you are socially distancing or, or whatever, hey, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, um, grief. And that's what we're going to talk about today, um, because the holidays, you know, kind of shine a special spotlight um, on our grief. So what exactly is grief? Because, you know, of course, there are some people who, who talk about sadness and talk about depression, but grief is its own, is its own thing, right? Um, so it's defined as a deep sorrow, um, especially that which is caused by a death. But I want to expand that definition um, a little bit um, because particularly in these times that we're living in, um, it is not only death that causes grief, although there has been plenty of that to go around as, as we are rapidly approaching uh, 300,000 deaths due to COVID-19. Um, but there also there's also a deep, deep sorrow that is associated with loss. And, you know, in this time, we have had a lot of loss. We faced a lot of loss, um, not just of people, um, but of, of things. And, you know, and I don't want to, to make it seem like I am equating the loss of a person with the loss of a thing. So please, you know, follow me, go along with it, um, because a loss is a loss. Um, so we've had, you know loss of loved ones. Um, we've had loss of jobs or income or financial stability. Um, we've had loss of relationships, loss of friendships, um, loss of identities. Um, you know, because if you were, for example, the, um, the income earner and now all of a sudden you are not that person anymore, that is a loss and that can create um, and trigger a significant amount um, of grief as well, right? So, you know, of course, you know, losing a thing and losing a person are by no means um, equivalent, but the hurt that comes with that loss, the grief that is associated with that loss, um, in many ways is the same. So y'all get my point now, right? Cool. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't want y'all to be like, Dr. Carice is just materialistic and she said that losing stuff is the same as losing people and no, that's not what we're doing. So the reason that I wanted to have this particular show at this particular time of year um, is that the holiday season, um, you know, many of us look very much so look forward to the end of the year and the holiday season in ordinary years. This, this year has been just completely extraordinary. Um, but we look forward to it because we're gathering and we're happy and there are all of the lights everywhere and you know, it's just a beautiful and wonderful time of year. But the holiday season also has a particular way of shining a spotlight on the things and the people that we have lost, right? 
Um, and, and I think we feel those losses more acutely during the holiday season, no matter when the actual loss occurred. So, for example, if you lost a loved one over the summer, you know, you go through that initial grief period, of course, but then here comes the holidays again, and you kind of get to relive that, that loss and that grief and feel that again. And that is particularly true um, if this is your first year of loss. Um, and so, you know, when I worked in hospice um, some years ago, um, I used to say that, that grief was the gift that keeps on giving because you go through that first year, you know, there is the, the, the moment of the loss in and of itself, um, which is devastating. But then you go through that first year, not a calendar year, but that first 12 months of your loss where, you know, you have the the dates. Right. So you will have that person's, like say, in the loss of a person um, or even the loss of a job. You will have, you know, that first birthday or that first Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, you know, whatever family reunion, family gathering that you have, um, you know, you'll have that experience. And then here comes the end of the year where from, you know, Halloween on, if you celebrate, you know, Halloween is a big deal in my house. So that would be something that I would acutely miss. Um, but then you have Thanksgiving and now here we are coming right up onto Christmas and, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas happen within four, four weeks of each other. So you have that loss at Thanksgiving and then you get the joy of experiencing that loss. And by joy, I'm being sarcastic of experiencing that loss four weeks after that and then the New Year's. And so, you know, it's that first year is just really, really, really tough um, in, in going through your grief. Now, when I say the gift that keeps on giving because it keeps showing up and up and up and up over and over and over again, because, you know, grief is the gift that nobody wants. And that goes without saying. And I, I don't think that that is um, really up for debate. Um, so, you know, during the holidays, we usually gather and it is painfully obvious when we have empty places at our gathering spots. Or, you know, the traditions that that loved one in particular would carry on, they are not there to spearhead. Um, and so that's why the holidays can be really, really tough for those of us who are grieving. And, you know, not just that first holiday, um, because every holiday we uh, take pause or we should take pause to um, acknowledge the people who are no longer at our table, or, you know, around our tables. Um, so. I am going to pause here, and when we come back from commercial, we will have our guest on the line, and I'll be happy to introduce him to you all, and then we'll be back. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be back after the break. Attention pet owners. If you're looking for exceptional veterinary care in a friendly and comfortable environment, you should visit Just for Pets Wellness Center. Just for Pets Wellness Center provides preventative medicine and treatment, and also advanced state-of-the-art veterinary dental care and surgery, all while keeping your pets safe and comfortable. For quality care for your pets, 
and peace of mind for yourself, visit just the number four pets, fl.vet to make an appointment today. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about nmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. First Step Staffing is the largest nonprofit alternative staffing agency in the country. First Step prioritizes hiring men and women experiencing homelessness, veterans, and returning citizens. With support like job coaching and transportation, we help individuals reconnect and succeed in the workforce. With six locations around the country, 1,700 men and women are employed weekly. So if you are looking to hire or you know someone that is looking for work, visit FirstStepStaffing.com. And we are back. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa. And let me take a minute to introduce you to our guest today. Our guest today is Reverend Matthew Roberts. And let me tell you a little bit about my good friend, Reverend Matthew. Uh, Reverend Roberts is a native of Sylvania, Georgia, the youngest of six children. In February 2021, Reverend Roberts will celebrate 25 years in ministry. Wow, that's amazing. During those blessed years, he was ordained in the AME Church in 2000, graduated from the Interdenominational Theological Center in 2005, and has been employed the past 10 years as a hospice chaplain. Reverend Roberts has provided support to those in need and endured his own personal losses as well. He currently serves as the chaplain for Encompass Hospice in Aiken, South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my good friend, Reverend Matthew Roberts. Reverend Matthew. Good morning, Dr. Carissa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? It's so good to hear your voice. So good to hear yours as well. I'm doing pretty well today. Um, It's a nice day in South Carolina, and uh, it's a little chilly, but other other than that, it's all right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I will tell everybody. So Reverend Matt and I worked together um, in hospice, and that was, oh gosh, was that ten years ago? Has it been that long about, already? About ten years about ago. 10 years, yeah. yeah. Wow. Time just really just goes by. It's crazy. Yes, um, and sure. so you know, so we got to know each other very, very well, working with families who were going through different stages of of grief. Um, you know, be it you know they were kind of in when we met them, they were kind of in that anticipatory grief um, stage where they would bring their loved one um, into hospice services, um, and and basically you know go through the timeline of of their person uh, transitioning. 
Um, so that's how Dr. Matt and I, um, Reverend Matt and I, got to know each other um, and work together for a few years. And so when I thought about this topic, he was a person that instantly came came to mind. And so I'll say this, um, Reverend Matt, thank you so much for taking of your time today uh, to talk with us uh, and and share. And hopefully we can kind of coach people in this in this thirty minutes through um, through a little bit um, of grief. So. First question. Hmm. What what should I say? What should be my first question here? So, okay, I'll ask you okay. here. So, if you're not a person of of faith or of a particular religious practice, um, you know how how do you how can you handle your grief or or what what should you do about your grief? Well, you know, I'm. I was. I was listening to you um, when I first, when I, while I was on hold, and I remember back when you used to, when you used to say to, the, to our patients when they were coming in, and their families that you know that grief was the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the thing about grief is it doesn't. It it, it goes beyond um, a belief in a higher power or no belief in a higher power. It's something that that we all are going to go through at some point in, in our lives. We're all going True. to lose someone or lose something that was close, that was close to us. We're going to, we're going to end up with that, that hole in our hearts, that emptiness that comes with grief. Most certainly. And now one of the things that I, that I recommend for anybody and everybody, regardless of, of race, religion, any of that other stuff, one of the things I recommend is that you, first of all, understand and recognize your grief for what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it is that it is the mourning, it is the mourning, the loss of. And the reason it's the gift that keeps on giving is that there is no timetable right. for how long this is going to last. And right. so, and so you just need, you, you just need to, you need to, accept it and you need and and you need to not allow other people to tell you when you've grieved enough or when you've mm-hmm. mourned enough mm-hmm. you need to you need to listen to your own body your own feelings and you need to get in touch with your own emotions right and you need to you need to you need to key on what that on that thing whatever it is if you know for some of us it is it is our belief in the higher power that that helps us through hard times, difficult times. Sure, you know, we can we can quote scriptures from our from our given um, book of book of religion or book of belief. We can quote scriptures from that, and we can key on that. And for some of us, we don't ha- we don't have that kind of thing. But we learned, you know, we have our own intestinal fortitude. We have our own um, quotes and sayings and and and, and whatnot that we use that we turn to in times of need. And that's one that, and that's something else that I would recommend is that you find what that something is that helps you in your time of need. Turn to that thing that you turn to. Um, be it, be it religion, be it reading, um, exercise, whatever it is to make sure that you stay in tune with your body and make sure that you are doing for yourself what you need to. Right. 
Right. Definitely. Definitely. Good points, Um, particularly when we're talking about the timeline for grief. Um, So, you know, I know that, um, you know, having gone through grief experiences within my family, um, you know, one of the things that that I have been asked um, is, you know, when is this going to be over for me? Um, You know, because, you know, people get stuck in that. And, you know, and I tell people um, all the time that, you know, the initial event is full of a bunch of frenetic energy, right? Because there is the actual experience of the loss, but then there is all of the planning that comes after that, right? So you kind of become the center of the universe or you're part of it, Um, you know, that people are constantly coming to you, asking you, you know, what do you need? How can I help? You know, all of that stuff. And then the funeral service happens, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then those people who were all there, you know, they kind of move on in their lives, Right. Not saying that they're not grieving, but they move on. But you may be, may be stuck right where you were, you know, right where they left you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that part can Absolutely. be kind of hard for people to work with because it seems like everyone else in the world is moving forward. But here I am where they left me. Mm-hmm. How can we... After we acknowledge that part, what steps can we take to help ourselves, to help propel ourselves forward, not necessarily to catch up with with everybody else who's gone on back to their life, but, you know, if you recognize that you're stuck, Mm -hmm. how can you get yourself unstuck? Well, for one thing, I would also advise that you don't be afraid to seek out uh, therapeutic type of therapeutic types of um, most certainly of um, intercession in your life, mm-hmm. and you know get a get somebody that's in, that that's in the counselor, get a counselor, or get a um, if there's a if there's a if there is a minister in your life that you trust, or some or just somebody that you trust that will listen to you. Right. You know, a lot of the time, a lot of times, this um, the grief kind of hangs sometimes in our lives because mm-hmm. we don't have an outlet for it. Right. Right. You know, and and we don't or, or we don't or we choose or we think that, well, if I'm if I'm still grieving after two months, something's wrong with me. Or if I'm still mm-hmm. if I'm still having these memories of this person and every time I think about this person, I'm crying or whatever that that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that that's not that doesn't have to be the case. But what and what we will do sometimes is we will shut ourselves in in some form or another and and not really try to find out what's going on. So I would, right. the one thing I would t- say to you is find yourself a therapist. And a lot, and a, a, the thing about it is a lot of our, um, a lot of um, jobs and companies and whatnot, as part of your, as part of your, um, your employment package, along with your insurance and all that, there is usually, um, there's an EAP employee um, assistance program, I believe is what it is. Mm-hmm. Where the EAP, you can yeah. get, you can get a, um, a therapist and you can, and they, and the company will pay for X number of 
of sessions. Right. And I and I would recommend that anybody, anybody take um adv- take advantage of that. Right. And really get to the heart of what's going on, so that you can't so that you can move forward. It's not and and it's not a matter of getting over it. Right. That's something that I that, that I that I try to make sure that I tell people. It's not a matter of getting over it. It's a matter it's it's a matter of adjusting to it and learning and to live it. with it. Right, and learning yep. to live with it, moving exactly. forward. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So if I see someone who is is grieving and and I agree 1000% one, 1, um with, you know, utilizing professional services um, and I will even say, you know, even if you, um, you know, don't want to utilize the services on your job because there are some jobs and this is unfortunate and I'm praying that this changes. Um, but there are some jobs where if you access mental health services, that kind of gets used against you mm, yes. in, a, in a way, you know. Right. Um, and, and I will I will use my profession um, as an example of that. So. Um, every year or every couple of years when I have to renew my medical license, um, they ask a question, you know, in the past two years, five years, whatever it is, have you been treated for any mental illness? Mm. Now, I don't know what they do with that information, um, but it's a question. And so, you know, you then have to ask yourself, because you don't know what they do with this information, I don't know, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I going to be truthful about this or am I not? But then if there's a, a professional record of accessing these services, you know, so it can get it can get to be a little bit um, a little bit tricky. But there are services. Um, Talkspace, for example, is one where, you know, it's not related to a job. It's not linked to insurance. You know, you can just pay for it privately and you can have that experience privately. Um, so, you know, so that is also also a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would I know um, when grief is dangerous? Because, you know, we tell people, and I agree, that, you know, there is no timeline for grief, but there does come a point where you kind of cross the Rubicon a little bit and things become, you know, things go from normal grief to an abnormal grief. What would you say is that line? Well, again, I think that's that's a matter of listening to listening to yourself and listening to your body and recognizing some things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm, now I'll put it I'll put it in, I'll, I'll do two things with that. First of all. You have to be enough in tune with yourself. If it's if it's if it's becoming, if you if if your thought process is becoming something more, um, more than just more than just grief, more than just just remembering the person that you, the person that you've lost. You're more than just just that normal thing. But it's becoming something along the lines of wanting to harm yourself or. Mm-hmm wanting to harm other people mm-hmm. that's not that's not healthy so we so that's again another reason why it would be a good idea for you to get some sort of some find a therapist of some sort a counselor of some sort mm-hmm. to help you sort that out right but and the other thing is the other the other thing I'll say about that is sometimes our friends our family members 
they will see stuff that we don't see. Right. And so you have to, so being around somebody you trust enough for when they say, um, um, honey, I need you to, I need you to come and let me talk to you for a second. I'm, I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing in you. I, you know, if you need to, if you need to talk to me, come talk to me. If you want me to go with you to a, to a meeting, to a visit, to a, you know, to a session or something, I'm willing to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, and that's something that anybody that's going through, that's going through something, going through grief and, 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 and things associated with grief, that's something that all of us can use is that, is that somebody who will, who will put an arm around us and, Pull us to the side and say, you know, we need we need to talk for a second. Let me right. let me tell you what I'm seeing, you know. And so you can and and, and have that and have that conversation and don't be afraid to have that conversation. Right, because you mm-hmm. you by by doing that, you know, you may have a situation where someone is hesitant because again, you know, here I am stuck where y'all left me, and everybody else seems to be, you know, getting over it, getting better, going on with life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that can be very that can be a very isolating feeling. Yeah. And so when you come up to someone and say, "Hey, you know, are you okay?" You know, just that simple question, "Are you okay?" Right. You give that person permission to open up and say, "You know, I don't think I'm okay. Uh-huh. I think right. I need help." So you know, sometimes right. it's it's good to it's good to be nosy. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, in this situation, just to kind of, you know, because, you know, you know how we are. You know, we don't mm-hmm. like to be in other people's business. And, and, and that's what we tell ourselves. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to let them have their have their moment. Um, right. You know, but after a while, you know, if, if it if it crosses your mind, you should say something, um, mm-hmm. you know, because that is how we can we can intervene um, and and get people the help that perhaps they don't even recognize that they need. You right. know that that's that's one of the things um, um, that we that we can do, um, because again, you know, as as Reverend Matt was saying, you know, when 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 grief gets dangerous, um, and by dangerous I mean that someone becomes um, suicidal or homicidal, mm-hmm. um, or Grief can also segue or, or open up into other manifestations of mental illness yes. as well. Um, so someone who, you know, isn't sleeping well, which that happens in the early stages of grief, um, you know, where your sleep will be disrupted or you may have um, memories or dreams of that person. So, you're, you know, you're waking up, um, you know, and experiencing things. But when... This sleeplessness goes on for weeks and months. That can become dangerous because this person is now sleep deprived and trying to operate in the world, particularly driving a car. Um, Or that person is having, um, you know, the suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts um, as a result of their grief. And so, you know, it, it behooves us all to pay attention to each other when we are grieving. Because all of us grieve differently, but some some of us cross that line and the grief becomes what we call pathological grief, where, mm-hmm. you know, it can become harmful to that person. And so, you know, just, you know, being nosy, being, being mm-hmm. you know, bothersome, 
you know, hey, yeah. you don't seem like you're okay. You give that person, you know, permission to open up and to say, um, you know, that this is, you know, this is what's bothering me and I need help. And and I agree with you, Reverend Matt, with, um, you know, offering to go with that person. Um, because, again, talking about our feelings can be somewhat intimidating. Um, mm-hmm. And particularly, you know, because I, I don't know if you remember... Um, Reverend Matt, but we had a lot of people when we worked in hospice together that would say they didn't want to bother people. Yes, yes. With their grief. Absolutely. You know, so they kept it to themselves. So, you know, if you're grieving, be a bother. It's okay. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's it's all right. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. all right. And how many times have have we had, do we have people... When we are when we are grieving, when we are going through something like that, that says, "If you need me, call me. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I can do, call me." You need to take some of these people up on their offer, and you right. need to know you need to know who you can take up on that offer. Right. Because because, because you know, that's something is, that we all say, but not all of us really mean it. Right. Exactly. And and, and any of us, and it's the same thing with, with with some of us who ask how how you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know that sometimes that can sometimes be just a, just another just another you know we're just get being me over polite. Line, so mm-hmm. you know. We're just being polite, but we really don't yeah, want to stick around long enough to hear the answer to that question. Exactly right, <laughs> but but yeah. there are the, but there are those, and some of us some of us need to be that somebody that that can that can walk up and put a hand on on our loved on our friend or loved one and say, "Are you okay? Do you, can we? Do you need to talk or?" And and really and really mean it because that's that's one of those things that's needed. You know, they one of the things they they used to tell us when I was doing my um, clinical pastoral education. They used to tell us all these things about all these things that you're not supposed to say, mm-hmm. such, as? such as such <laughs> such as um, the person is in a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I. I know how you're feeling. Um, you don't really know, but even if you're going through, you know, like you said, we all grieve differently. Right. Uh, I think like that. Um, what's the, there was another one. I can't. It won't come to me right now. There's another one that I I used to hear all the time. Oh, yeah. God, God loved the person. God loved. You know, you loved them, but God loved them best. Um, and things like that. It it it, it comes. Because those kind of things can come across in a way that's not in, that you don't intend. Right. Is the bottom line with that. Right. So, and so by the same by the same token, it, it's it's another it's a line that you that, that gets thrown out, but the person doesn't really they they, they say it because they don't know what to say. And that is and that is what I find most of the time that when mm-hmm. we are are faced with these uncomfortable situations and we're having these uncomfortable conversations, um, mm-hmm. you know, when when you first experience a loss, you know, people say, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Right. And that's an easy thing to say and an easy thing to mean. Mm-hmm. But then if the conversation goes beyond that, we really, many of us, most of us, I would hazard to say, um, get stuck where we don't know what to say and you end up saying something inadvertently hurtful yes. and unintentionally hurtful. Um, yes. You know, because the thing is, you know, like you said, when people say, well, you know, you love them, but God, God needed them. Well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. 
I need them here too, you know, and and right. it, it becomes it can build up a hostility, and it also can minimize the the feeling of that person's loss. Right. Because when yeah. you compare, you know, God's needs to my needs, it's really, you know, it, it, it there's really not a comparison there, right? Because right. how can I compete with what God needs? I'm I'm a mere I'm a mere mortal. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So then you yeah. can kind you almost kind of shame people into feeling grief or you shame mm-hmm. them about their feeling of grief because like well shoot you know <laughs> yes. yeah I can't, com- I can't compete with god <clears throat> so maybe i shouldn't feel this bad you know <laughs> you know and and that's mm-hmm. you know and it's an unintentional thing that mm-hmm. we that we do because we say what we think is helpful um but may be received in the wrong way that right. that most certainly, that most certainly is is for certain. So now, mm-hmm. let's talk about your line of work and my my former line of work. Let's talk about hospice. I, I will okay. say that when when I was a hospice doctor, that was the most rewarding work of my <laughs> entire career thus far, um, and I recommend it for everyone. But it is a difficult um, a difficult conversation to have. Um, but hospice is excellent at helping people with their grief because we meet you when you're anticipating it. Yes, that's correct. And and we guide you through that experience. And then also, um, you know, hospice is one of the few places where there really is a multidisciplinary approach to not only the patient, but also their family. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it, it was just it was great when we would have our team. So I'll tell you all, when you enter into hospice, you get a whole squad. So you get the right. doctor, you get nurses, you get a chaplain, you get a social worker, um, you get perhaps even a counselor um, if if the hospice team is set up for that. Um, and, you know, you get these services not just at your anticipatory grief stage, and at your event stage, but for a whole year after that, there are services that are available for you, available to you, that kind of, you know, take you through that first year that I mentioned um, of going through. And so, you know, if you have the opportunity to take advantage of hospice services, um, I highly recommend um, that you do. And, you know, and I'll do a show on on hospice and what it is and what it's not, um, because there continues to be, um, you know, misconceptions about what that is. And, and that misconception leads, I think, a lot of people to not take advantage of a wonderful, wonderful service. But from your yeah. standpoint as the, as the hospice chaplain, you know, speak to, to what that is and where you enter in that process. Well, when I come, when I come in, I usually um, enter at the beginning of the patient and family's hospice experience. So usually there's a um, admissions, uh, somebody, a marketer or liaison that comes in that, dis- that talks to that talks to the patient and the family about hospice care. Mm-hmm. Then there's then there's a nurse or or a doctor that comes in and does does the admission and takes down all the vitals and 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 such and it may answer some questions there. And then the next line, and then the next part of the team is usually the chaplain and the social worker. And, um, and so, and so when I come in, 
I, I've learned that I have to, that not only am I coming in to provide a level of spiritual care, but also to answer some questions and to dispel some myths and, and rumors about about hospice care. One of the, one of those being that, and I and I, I I don't I don't like to say this, but it but in ten years of being in hospice care, I've found that too many people fall in one or two categories. Either they are they are afraid that we are going to kill the patient, their loved yes. one, or they are hoping that we're going to kill their right. loved one. Right. You know. Right, yeah. So they because you yeah. know, you know, Doctor Google is a weird thing. You know, you can you can go and you can you can punch up stuff and 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 scare and, yourself and, to death. And scare yourself to death and, and just and think that the world is coming to an end and and we don't and we forget that Doctor Google doesn't really have an M D. Right. And right. So, <laughs> right. And so you know, so we, and so we, but we, but we will go and try to try to research, do our research, and and so we think the med, so we start thinking the medications are going to kill the patient, or or neglect is going to kill the patient, and so I I spend a good bit of the first of the initial visit um, explaining to them that just because just because your your loved one has been told that they may have they may have six months or less to live does not mean that they have six months or less to live. It may be right. It may be a year, it may be two. I have a patient right now that that came on to service with us about uh three months after I after I started in this job and that was three years ago and the patient's still alive. So Right. So it, it that we are not the, we are not the end. We do not regulate anything having to do with that. Our job is to make sure that the patient and the family are comfortable. Right. And I have to. And that's another thing that I'm, we are here for both the patient and the family. So if you, even if you're even if you have a minister already, a pastor in your life already, we're not here to replace the pastor. Replace replace your pastor. We are here as an extra level of support. Right. Because we we know that you're going to need as much support as you can get in the com- you know in the in the coming months and in, in in the coming years. Sure. Because you never you never know, especially when you come in. You, you're talking about anticipatory grief. The whole idea of going into hospice care ring put, to, uh, rings bells in people's heads again, thinking that this is the end. Right. And so. Everything that goes into goes into that thought process of oh I'm about to lose my lose mama daddy grandmama granddaddy auntie or in even even in some cases and 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 doc you and I have had when we were working together we had patients that 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 were that were in their teens and twenties mm-hmm. all the all the way up to eighties and nineties and so. Yeah. So both in both ends of the age spectrum, and so you got you, you you talk when you talk about anticipatory grief, there is there is so much of that involved mm-hmm. in hospice care. Indeed. But you know, but again, the idea, the idea is that we are here to help you through it. We we want the patient comfortable, and we want you, the family members, comfortable also. Indeed, I couldn't have said that better. Reverend Matt, this has been a lovely and swift 30 minutes. I tell you, these segments just go by so fast. I have enjoyed every minute of it and enjoyed reconnecting with you. Thank you so, so very much for taking your time with us. 
uh, today. And of course, you know, you are always in my prayers and thoughts. And I look forward to catching up with you on Facebook. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Reverend Matthew Roberts. Thank you so much. We are going to take a quick commercial break and then we will be back. This is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am Dr. Carissa and we'll see you on the other end of the break. Thanks, Reverend. Just for Pets Wellness Center, our expert veterinary team provides personal, professional, and compassionate services to your beloved pets. You can rely on us for pet wellness exams, medical care and treatments, dentistry, and surgical care. We provide a clean, safe, and caring environment for dogs, cats, and pocket pets with exceptional care, always the standard. We're doggone good and the cat's meow. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Rejuvenation for youthfulness and beauty is trending worldwide. People are getting laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, skin brightening, tightening, lifting, and reshaping. SmartPlex ATL, a comprehensive medical spa, located in East Cobb, 4799 Old Town Parkway. You can also visit us online at smartplexatl.com. Dr. Alexander and his team enjoy pampering you while you receive customized treatments in a beautiful, calming, zen-like atmosphere. Smartplex ATL, we are your Hollywood destination for exciting, youthful rejuvenation. After that quick break, once again, I want to extend my gratitude and thanks to Reverend Matthew Roberts, uh, who talked with us from a, a pastoral standpoint about grief and and going through it, particularly at the holidays. Um, and so for my folk on Facebook, so I had to um, kind of go away for a minute because you can't hear. Unfortunately, you all can't hear the the radio portion of this um, through my Facebook live. But I think the entire episode is streaming, yes, or will be streaming. Um, so that way you'll be able to hear the the other part. Hey, Ashley, uh, you'll be able to hear the other part um, of this. So um, just to give you all just a little bit more information about grief. So there are five stages, clinical stages of grief. Um, they are, the first one is denial, where, you know, you just can't believe that this this thing is happening. Um, and then the next stage is anger, where you are angry that it is happening to you, happening to your loved one. Um, the next stage is bargaining, where you're kind of trying to make a deal that, you know, if you save my person, then I will do X, Y, Z. Um, and then there comes depression. And the final stage um, is acceptance, where, you know, you just kind of get to a point where you are okay with uh, what has happened and you're just kind of, you know, learning to live with it at that point. Each grief experience uh, takes its own path and time to go through. As Reverend Matt said, there is no timeline for grief. Um, And so, you know, 
even with people who experience the same loss at the same time, will go through their grief stages um, differently. And, and that's okay. Um, so, you know, some people will move through these stages faster, where others um, seem to stall at some stage um, for some point of time. But of course, if you are stalled for a prolonged period of time, uh, professional counseling uh, would be the best thing for you. Grief is universal. And if you have experienced it, it doesn't matter what race, religion, language, country of origin, sexual orientation, none of that matters because we all understand um, what grief is. And so when we have someone who is going through it, um, you know, we know. Right. So, you know. Dr. Uh, Reverend Matt and I were talking about um, some well-intended language um, that, that we say, and, and most of it, and I say it's well-intentioned because sometimes it is hurtful language, but it isn't meant to be that way. Um, and so, you know, he talked about um, a, a few examples of things that, that were said to him and some things that I have heard I, I'll share. Um, you know, when you tell a person, you're so strong. And so, you know, while you may be, admiring how that person is handling a particular situation, um, you know, it may paint a person as not needing help and it may limit that person um, from reaching out for help. Um, another thing that people say, time heals all wounds. And that may very well be true, um, but wounds leave scars. And so, you know, it isn't that time is going to go on and that person is just going to get over it and be over it. Um, because that scar is still there, and so that grief is still there um, to a certain extent. Um, you know, when we tell people, you know, that they should be over it by now, um, you know, I think I find that one to be the most hurtful um, of things that, that I have heard, um, because, of course, you know, as we've said, grief has no timeline. Um, you know, I've lost people, you know, in my teens and I'm almost however old I am. I'm not telling. Um, but I still grieve from time to time and, and it's OK. And then the thing that that chafes me is when people say, you know, I don't know what I would do if this happened to me. Well, you're very fortunate that it hasn't happened to you. Um, but, you know, there's no need to kind of that sounds kind of braggy about it, you know, that, you know, I, I just don't care for that. But anyway. In our last few minutes, I'm going to go into our vitamin C about grief. So when I worked in hospice, um, you know, I would tell bereaved families that grief goes like this. Remember back when we could gather, when we could all get together. Um, okay, so follow along with me, please. So have you ever been to a gathering where there's a lot of good food, but they put them on those flimsy, cheap paper plates? Y'all know what I'm talking. Y'all know the ones I'm talking about that have the little scaffold, scaffold around. You know what I'm talking about. And if you're like me, you don't like going through the line twice or, you know, waiting to come back because then what you your favorite dish might be gone. Right. So you want to to pile it all on. You want to get it all on one plate. So you try and put as much on that flimsy paper plate as you can. That plate is what our lives are, full of all the things that we need to do, have to do, want to do. But then we come to the end of the buffet line and someone says, you have got to have some of this and dumps a heaping spoonful of whatever that is on your plate. And so then what happens with this flimsy paper plate? That plate flops over, 
and everything that was on the plate is now on the ground. That last spoonful is grief. So just like that spoonful of whatever, it's usually potato salad in my case, never mind, um, that spoonful has overwhelmed the capacity of that plate. Grief comes along and overwhelms our lives. And what we do next is pick up the pieces and start over in a different way. And that is what grief calls us to do. And so I leave you with this today. I'm going to actually quote myself. How about that? Grief is the thing that no one wants. We are never ready for it. It comes as an uninvited guest and stays way past its welcome. And then I will quote somebody famous. Uh, T.A. Webb says, a burden shared is a burden halved. So if you are going through grief, please share that with someone either personally or professionally. So that way you can have your burden lightened a little bit and get through your experience and come out on the other side ready to enjoy your life again. Once again, glad to be back live this week. This is the best hour of my week and I thank you all so very very much for spending it with me and so be good to yourselves be good to each other we'll see you next week God willing take care bye This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.